It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We're two games away, now one game away from the end of the season. We got to go through the motions. We got to do the process. We got to talk a little bit about Friday's game because the Magic did do some things better. It, it, it just kind of doesn't matter. Let's get through this. I appreciate you all for listening. Let's do some Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 8th, 2023. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we are one game closer to the end of the season. Another game where, yeah, the Magic played a little bit better, but we're, we're still not... It's 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 preseason in April right now for the Orlando Magic. We'll talk a little bit about the Magic's loss to the Brooklyn Nets because I'm a process over results guy, and we still got to do these shows uh, even with the season very, very much over. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's two months from now, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, obviously, the Orlando Magic, a few more of their guys in Friday's game against the Brooklyn Nets than they did in Thursday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um... We can get into whatever conspiracy theory you want to believe as to why. I I will admit, I think the NBA gave them a call and said, like, WTF, guys. Like, come on. Um, Franz Wagner played. Cole Anthony actually played in this game. Markel Fultz played. So we got to see a little bit of the Magic's guys. And look, those guys definitely helped. Um, You know, if you're looking just for an uptick in quality, um, those guys helped. Um, it's no coincidence that the, all the Magic starters are single digit in the plus minus, um, and all the bench kind of aren't. Um, they helped, and and they played better, and the Magic played with a little bit more verve and a little bit more cohesion. But at the same time, like I said, this felt like a preseason game in April. This felt like a preseason game. This felt like a game that didn't matter. This felt like a game that. Not that guys were going through the motions, but we're willing to experiment and try things and play almost at half speed or, or not at full tilt. Um, obviously, the guys were in there to kind of break a sweat and, and, and get in and out of the game. And, and the bench players, you know, the effort's there. Um, and, and that's, first and foremost, that's important. Guys need to keep playing with effort. And, and, and like any preseason game, Success isn't necessarily determined by who has the better team, if that makes sense, or has the most talent. It's really about who's able to kind of click on into cohesion and organization 
faster than the other team or for longer than the other team. The Brooklyn Nets were not good on Friday night. Um, I, I want to make that clear. Uh, you can listen to Locked On Nets. They're celebrating avoiding the play and tournament getting the sixth seed. You can hear their side of the story. I didn't think the Nets played particularly well. They missed a ton of threes. They settled for those threes. They got after it defensively, but they understood. I think they could feel how the Magic were playing and how the Magic were approaching this game. And, you know, that kind of energy lulls you to sleep a little bit. Um, the Nets did enough. They took control. They took advantage when they had to. And the Magic were playing uphill, and, and, and they just don't have... They don't have the horses to get up there. They don't They don't have the players that are going to be able to score enough. And, you know, the Magic scored, what, 98 points against the Cavs? They didn't score even that much in this game, even with their start, even with some more of their starters back in. Um, the shots just weren't going down this time around, and that's kind of half the battle. Um, again, the effort was great. Um, I thought the Magic, you know, they struggled through the second quarter. They kind of gave the, the, gave the game away in the second quarter. A lot of turnovers. Fouled, fouled a couple three-point shooters. Fouled Seth Curry on, I think, at least two three-pointers. Brooklyn got themselves going, and that's where they built their lead. They, they led by as much as 20, 24 in this game. Um, that's where they built their lead, and Orlando just didn't have enough to get all the way back. Uh, I credit Orlando, though. I credit this Magic team. They fought hard. Um, I was ready to write this game off in the first at, at halftime. I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm at work cutting the highlights. And I literally turned to my anchor and said, like, hey, I'm probably going to have these done middle of the third quarter. I'm not expecting this team to make a run. But credit to this Magic team. They fought back. You know, Chuma Okeke hit a three. They got to the foul line a little bit. Goka Batadze really worked well on the offensive glass. And an Admiral Schofield three with about seven minutes to go cut the lead down to 10. And all of a sudden, you had to kind of perk up and, and, and pay attention a little bit to what was going on on the floor. Um, so credit to this team for hanging around. Uh, for making that kind of an impact, for staying in the game, even just that much. But just as my attention perked up, just as sure everyone's attention perked up, the Nets called a timeout. They locked in. They focused. They put the game away. Magic never got closer than 10. They, they didn't get blown out, but they they didn't have a chance from that point on. A A, a focused and engaged Brooklyn Nets team was always going to win this game. Just plain and simple. 101-84 is your final. So Orlando defended well, but Brooklyn didn't make shots. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie 0 for 6 from 3. Mikal Bridges 1 for 12. He was 7 for 24 for the game. That's the kind of game it was. And again, you see this stuff in the preseason where guys just take a lot of shots. They don't make a lot of them, but you make enough. You string enough stops. You string enough shots together. You, you take the lead. And, and that's that's all that matters. Um, again, the way I would approach these last games is, A, you want to see some of these guys who you haven't seen play a lot. You want to see them play. You want to see them get that opportunity. You want to see them at least make some progress. And so really what I'm looking for is progress game over game at this point. Were the Magic better Friday than they were Thursday? I think in some respects, yes. Um, they defended better. They, they, they did things better. They stuck to who they are better. I, I made this comment in the first half of the Magic were getting blown out. I, I don't really care what the results are of these games. We understand what the Magic are doing. You know, they're not being as explicit about it as like Dallas was, publicly saying exactly what they're doing, but we know what the deal is here. We know what the end goals are, and, and you know, who knows what's going to happen Sunday. Uh, but the Magic, the Magic to me, um, really, 
the Magic to me really did play a little bit better. They looked more cohesive. They looked more organized. They played better for longer stretches. Um, yes, you know they didn't hit the highs of the first quarter on Thursday, um, but they kind of kept themselves in it and and really stuck with it. And you know that first half, I really felt like you know we're really not learning anything if you're not being true to who you are. If you're not playing Magic basketball, it's okay to miss shots. It's okay to lose in this situation. Just move the ball, defend well, be in the right spots, do those things that this team has. That's this team's going to have to do to win. Um, it's about process, not results right now. Um, do the right process. And again, when everyone's healthy, when everyone's back, kind of focused in and locked in, the results are going to take care of themselves. That's what you want to see at this point. And, you know, the Magic weren't doing that early, and they think they did that in the second half. They certainly did that more in the second half than they did in the second half of, of the game against Cleveland. Um, so again, it's a little thing. It's a cultural thing. It, it means nothing. Um, but you want to see these players take advantage of this opportunity. And again, and I think that's as much as anything the disappointing part is we're not seeing players take advantage of this opportunity and, and play at a higher level or, or give us a hint of what they can do uh, in the long term. Some of that is, again, just kind of the attitude of these games. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm doing the process myself here. I'm recapping game. I'm finding something to talk about. But I'll sit here and, and deal with the reality these games are meaningless. Even good play doesn't mean anything because of the context it's being played in and the fact that, like, yeah, that the attitude, tempo, you know, kind of the feeling of these games is just off. Um, again, we know what's going on. The Magic with the Washington Wizards win are now tied for sixth with the Indiana Pacers and tied with the Pacers alone. Um, the Magic can fall no further than se- than a tie for seventh in the lottery in the lottery standings. We know what this is about. Um, let's not pretend it's about anything else. Um, but there still should be something the Magic can gain, and, and I think they they didn't take a full step in this game. Uh, we'll get into box score stuff here in, in just a moment to talk a little bit about what, what what wasn't gained or what may have been gained. But there's still a lot more work. I think, for this Magic team to do. And, and and again, we'll see if they can get to that work and take care of that business uh, here uh, here very, very soon. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm just kind of gesturing because, the, again, there's, there's not much to say. So I'm going to take a break so I can put an ad read in, and then we will talk through the box score. Uh, we'll stay, stay with us as we do that here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, you know, the starters played the starters played and were noticeably better. Um, that's that's really the best thing I can say say about it. Um, the starters played, and when the starters played, it was clear who the starters were and what they could do. And, and again, like I said, 
it wasn't exactly like they were playing at full tilt. You know, Franz Wagner, 12 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 0 for 2 from deep. Got to line four times, which is nice. Five rebounds. Didn't do anything spectacular. Brought out the the, the Dirk for the first time in a while. Didn't hit it. Um, but, you know, he wasn't stressing himself. He wasn't pushing himself in this game. And that's, that's, that's perfectly reasonable and fine. He played 24 minutes. Cole Anthony, he played 29. He played nearly 30 minutes. 14 points, 6 for 16, shooting 2 for 6 from deep, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 turnovers for him. Cole Anthony, the only player on the Magic that had a positive plus-minus. Um, I thought Cole Anthony did some good things. Um, you know, again, he was kind of... The problem is Cole Anthony was in the role that I think the Magic know they need to avoid putting him in. Um, he kind of fell into having to force some offense and be that lead scorer rather than the kind of the six-man role that he's been really good at this season. And so I think you could kind of see some of the limitations of that. Um, when he tries to do too much, when he knows he has to be the lead scorer, that's when the inefficiency comes in. That's when he starts making bad decisions. Um, but at the end of the day, again, this isn't the role he's going to play. The attitude, the tempo of the game was just off. You know, Marco Fultz played nearly 18 minutes, seven points, three for seven, shooting five assists. You know, he got the ball moving a little bit. Um, but, you know, again, even Markel, it looked, you know, it, it just felt like, it just felt like everyone was just kind of like getting their spots in or, or testing some things out again. It, it just it just felt like a preseason game. Um, so I, I don't want to read too much into a bad performance as much as I don't want to read into the good things that happened because, you know, there, there's good things to build on, yes. But the bad things are also kind of good in, in an experimental way because that's what preseason is. Jalen Suggs got a light night, 18-40 on the floor, 7 points, 2 for 9 shooting, 1 for 6 from deep. So obviously a 3-point shot not there for him. Um, the Magic for the second straight game really settled for three, seven for 38 from deep. Um, the Magic didn't make a lot of threes, obviously. That's a big difference in the game. Brooklyn only made nine, nine of 42, but this Magic team is not a heavy three-point shooting team. When they're shooting in the upper 30s and threes, that's usually a sign that their offense isn't working. So 38 threes, not a good number. Best player on the floor for the Magic was honestly Goga Batadze. 12 points, career-high 15 rebounds, five for seven shooting. If I'm reading my stats correctly... Only he and Admiral Schofield shot shot 50% or better. Goga Pataz is the only player shooting better than 50% in this game. Orlando, again, shot 35.6%. They just couldn't score in this game. Um, I, I thought Pataz, they did a really good job providing good interior presence on both sides of the floor. Just a good backstop defensively. He's really coming to his own. He really understands what, the, what his assignment is, what his role is. He plays it very, very well. He's really embraced the opportunity. And, and again, that's what this is about embracing the opportunity, taking advantage of the opportunity. Because, you know, in a game like this, we need to be saying, oh, Caleb Houston had a really nice game. He only scored three points, one for three shooting. Oh, Chuma Okeke is finally back in the rotation, getting an opportunity. Chuma Okeke is kind of dropping the ball, and I think his future with this team is very much in question if it wasn't already. Five points, two for nine shooting, one for eight from deep. He had six rebounds. Three assists. He defends really well. He's a really smart positional defender. Really smart help side defender. Um, you know, his, his attention sometimes lingers. But without that three-point shot, it's really tough for Chuma. And, and again, I, I'm fine with letting him letting it fly in this game. I'm fine with him kind of taking some of that offense on his own. But to win games like this when you have so many guys out, you need guys to step up. You need guys to play above their station. You need them to step into these new roles and really play smart and free. And it just doesn't feel like the Magic are doing that, or a lot of these Magic players are. Same deal with Bull Bull. Three points, one for nine shooting, 0 for four from deep. Settled for three, obviously. 
forced offense. That's kind of his deal, especially in the half court. Um, it, it it just didn't work. Um, and you know, again, no no player has probably fallen harder than than Bull Bull in terms of their role and, and their future with this team. Uh, a, a, a unique player at the beginning of the year. Everyone's kind of figured him out now, and now all of his flaws are just very deeply exposed. Um, again, I wish I could tell you there was something to take from all this. Even the bad plays, I can't say that we should take. We should read a whole lot into it. As a continuation of struggles that we have seen, I think you can certainly. Chimo Okeke struggled as a three-point shooter all year long. That continued. Bull Bull struggles with his decision-making. That continued. Um, you know, again, Cole Anthony, we know when you give him too much of a green light, things get a little hairy. That continued. Um, so, you know, I think there's 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 not a lot to, to say. There's not a lot to build and grow from on this. And so it's just... It just is what it is at this point. It just is what it is. The Magic, like I said, uh, 21 turnovers for 24 points, a big factor in this game. They fouled a lot, putting Brooklyn online 25 times. Uh, only 19 personal fouls, so there's a little bit of a stretch in the second quarter where they fouled a lot, put them on the line. Brooklyn only shoots 39.3%, so the defense does its job. Only 9 for 42 from deep. Mikal Bridges, 1 for 12. Spencer Dinwiddie, 0 for 6, but the big difference, Seth Curry, 13 points, 3 for 4 shooting from deep. Uh, Royce O'Neal had two threes, two for eight from deep. So again, both teams really settling. Both teams kind of giving into this era of the pre of preseasonness, where you're just kind of going out there, getting some work in, doing, focusing on you a little bit more than focusing on the team. Game was there for the taking. The Magic could have figured things out, but obviously they just they just didn't. And it was it was pr- over pretty quickly. Like I said, second half felt academic. I give the Magic a lot of credit for fighting back into this game, but again, just just. Too many mistakes for Orlando. Just again, the team just looked completely off. Um, they do outscore Brooklyn in the paint, forty-eight to forty, which is nice. Um, but again, otherwise, just a lot of things that are indicators for the Magic don't really matter because they don't have the same team out there. So it's just got to find a way to make shots if you want to compete and win these games. I'm not going to pretend like that is the goal. Mikal Bridges did lead the Nets in scoring with 22 points. Like I said, Seth Curry had 13. Cameron Johnson, 18 on 7 for 15 shooting. He had four steals as well as the Magic really struggled with their turnovers all game. The Orlando Magic followed the Brooklyn Nets 101 to 84. Just one more of these games left. We will break down the Magic's game against the Miami Heat on Monday's episode of Lockdown Magic. That is a 1 p.m. tip-off. Again, let me repeat that since it looks like my computer glitched out a little bit. The Magic will tip off against the Heat on Sunday at 1 p.m. If you so choose to watch that, please don't get angry if the Magic win. They will play with one hand tied behind their back. The Heat will also probably be sitting all their guys. Anything can happen Sunday, and it's okay whatever the result is. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in him with Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on podcasts to your podcast enable listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. For the latest around the NBA, be sure to check out Lockdown NBA. They'll have complete coverage to pre, of the final day of the regular season. Plus, get you set for the NBA playoffs. Check out Locked On NBA throughout the postseason for the local analysts breaking down the playoffs every single day, every Monday through Friday on the Locked On NBA feed. We'll also have the Game to Game podcast on there as well so you can get the local analysts uh, breaking down each game during the postseason. But 
That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. If you made it this far, I really appreciate that. You know, this I, I'm not expecting traffic on this one. This 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 game was pretty awful, and these last three games have been pretty aw- are going to be pretty awful. Um, we got one more of these things, then we'll get into the off season. We got a lot of lot of good stuff planned for the off season. Should be a very very fun one. So thank you all for listening, for sticking through this one, for maybe watching this game. It's okay if you didn't. I, I won't. I won't tell. Um, but I thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross from Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode. <laughs>